Hello, this is Pastor Nick Hood, and today I have a special guest in Dr. Gina Orton, who is a psychiatrist and a friend of mine, and uh, I want to revisit the subject of rescue love. You may remember a few weeks ago I did a podcast entitled Rescue Love, where I talked about Jesus and the Good Samaritan, uh, the, the man who, the Good Samaritan is the fellow who picked up a man who was robbed, beaten, and stripped of his clothes on the road to Jericho. And uh, I thought I would bring Dr. Orton on today because she has a uh, expanded perspective on rescue love and relationships that are quote-unquote rescue-type relationships. Dr. Orton is also a Christian, and uh, she and I have been putting together a series of themes uh, to broadcast. So, Dr. Orton, how are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you, Reverend Hood. How are you today? All right. And thank you for inviting me to be a part of this discussion. Yes, and uh, I'm looking forward to actually, down the road, touch on several topics with you. But today, we start with rescue love. So what are your thoughts? I just shared with you a little snippet of where I began about three or four weeks ago with Rescue Love in the context of the Good Samaritan. Uh, but I know as a psychiatrist, you've done a lot of thinking, a lot of reading, and uh, probably a lot of therapy with some persons who are rescuers. And uh, could you share with me some of the positive attributes of a rescuer, but also maybe when it's overboard and negative. Yes, thank you. The Good Samaritan is truly one of the beautiful stories in the scripture and certainly something that we should all try to emulate um, in seeing someone in that level of distress who's been hurt and, and mistreated that we should certainly try to step in, but I think it's also important to step in with the strength of the Lord and with his guidance and with his wisdom. And as you said, I've counseled people for many, many years, and I do think that there are certain persons who are rescuers. They've uh, kind of perhaps grown up, perhaps been taught, perhaps it's an eight, an innate personality quality where they are just desirous of helping others and ministering to others and caring for others. And many times those individuals will go into caring professions. They may become nurses, they may become doctors, school teachers, they may become law enforcement officers. I know that many law enforcement officers and first responders that I have met have that type of rescuing type of personality, if you will. But one of the things that I do try to caution uh, with all of us is in finding balance. And there are times when we are perhaps doing our work, doing our professional work, caring for family, uh, perhaps caring for elderly parents and children at the same time, caring for spouses and partners. And then there is this endless stream of other people 
that need assistance and help all the time. It's literally never ending. And so sometimes uh, those of us that are in caring professions may keep trying to rescue and rescue and rescue and rescue everyone, if you will. And we all know, and just logically thinking about that, that it's really not possible to rescue everyone. There's a time to take care of family. There's a time to take care of one's own personal needs, because if we don't get respite and self-care, we become exhausted and overwhelmed and no longer able to rescue and perhaps no longer able to do well in our chosen profession. And so it's just a cautionary consideration. Uh, It's not that we should not be rescuers, especially in the midst of a crisis, such as what the Good Samaritan faced, but in circumstances where we are just overwhelmed and have too many responsibilities coming at us, uh, sometimes we need to learn to say, I need rescue. I need someone to assist me, or I need some respite and some time off and and to do some self-care. And I think, again, it's also important to remember in everything that we do to call upon the Lord's assistance, his divine guidance. Lord, should I step into this situation? Am I the best person to try to address this matter? Or perhaps I'm not the right person and is there someone else? And please guide me as to what limitations I should put upon my rescuing. And then the last part of that I'll share is I often will caution people who are rescuers to be careful in how they select friendships and be careful in how they select partners and marital partners. Uh, Because I've discerned over time that sometimes rescuers will become very intimate or even marry persons who they are actually rescuing. And that person may not have the ability to give and take and to uh, share in a relationship in such a way that the rescuer can also get from them. And it needs to be a give and take on both parts. It can't be one person rescuing all the time and the other person not able to rescue at all. That's a recipe for dissatisfaction and again, becoming exhausted and, and overwhelmed. And so that's just some thoughts to add to the whole picture of being a rescuer. And Gina, Dr. Orton, those, that's a very good perspective. And I think it's very important for people in particular who are in caring pro- professions to set some boundaries uh, in my work as a minister uh, all day long. I'm helping people one on one level or another. I had a colleague, but he's not the only one. I'm just telling you about one who at Christmas time, before he would allow his children to open their gifts under the Christmas tree, he would make them go with him to visit the sick and shut in in his church. And he wanted his children to be exposed to this, to see uh, the importance of a caring ministry. And I'm not diminishing that, but I think at some point we have to ask ourselves, have we gone too far? Or does is it really going 
to hurt our children for them to open their gifts and then go and visit people who are not doing well or people who are sick and so forth. And um, so I, I just share that because the story of the Good Samaritan is a powerful story, the one that I shared um, on the first version of this podcast. And But it's important to note that the Good Samaritan does several things. He recognizes that the individual has been beaten up, robbed, stripped of his clothes, and left for dead. Two, he tries to uh, bind the man's wounds himself. Three, he takes the man into the town of Jericho, which is a town of commerce. And even to this day, um, you traveled with my church. Uh, even though you're in Washington, D.C., you traveled with us to Israel. And one of the unplanned stops was Jericho. Yes. And we had an opportunity to see why it was a place of commerce. It's the fresh water springs underneath Jericho. But the Good Samaritan uh, delivers the man, finds a room for him in an inn. He talks to the innkeeper and he lets him know, look, you know, I've already bound this man's wounds. Uh, I tried to bind them myself, uh, but I want to leave him with you. I'm going to give you two denarii and I'll be back uh, soon. And when I come back, if this man requires, or if you require, more pay than what I've given you, I will certainly give it to you. And uh, But even then, the Good Samaritan leaves the sick man. That's a very important point. You know, he leaves him into the care of the innkeeper. And to me, what that says is, even the Good Samaritan has boundaries. And you and I, and those listening to this, would do well if we set some boundaries. Um, so that's just one little perspective that I have. Uh, what other thoughts would you add to rescue love? It is in the Word of God, the you know, how important it is to love and that God is love and He wants us to be aware of the hurt and suffering of others and to intervene with compassion and with love and to forgive one another and to forgive ourselves and to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, um, with all your strength and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so that is the powerful tenet of, of our faith. But I do believe that as you mentioned, there are boundaries. God sets boundaries. God has disciplinary guidance as well as love guidance in the scripture and very strong disciplinary guidance. And I think when we look at our lives and when we weigh our work and our relationships, finding balance and allowing our relationship with the living God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the effectual working of the Holy Spirit to really give us solid guidance um, in the directions that we should go. Intervening and helping um, has boundaries as well. And so does any love relationship, any giving relationship, any forgiving relationship. We may forgive someone, 
but we may not necessarily have the same relationship with them if they continue to do something harmful to us. We have permission to set a boundary and say, I love you, I forgive you, but I can't continue to allow you to treat me in a certain way. So I think that's a lesson for all of us. It's a struggle. Uh, finding balance and boundaries in life is one of our major struggles, I think, as human beings. Um, but it's wonderful to discuss it as we're discussing it and to ponder it and to think about it, and to weigh it, and then to apply it to our lives. So tell me this, for the novice person who just wants to do good, they just want to help somebody. They see somebody in need, struggling, and they give them some money. Or, you know, as in my case, my wife and I actually have housed a number of people. We've been married 46 years this year, and almost from the very beginning, uh, even before we had children, we've been taking people into our house, letting them stay with us. We call it affectionately. Hood Hotel, um, girls and boys, men and women have stayed in our house. But how do you tell somebody like myself uh, and my wife, you know, who are good, caring people, uh, how do you, what test would you give to rescuers like us to say, when has the rescue gone too far? When is it not helpful? Uh, maybe injurious to the rescuer. Uh, is is there a formula that people can use? Such an excellent question. As always, Reverend Hood, you get to the point uh, of the spear. I don't think there's a formula, but I do think you have to know yourself. Uh, you have to recognize that your desire is to be a caring person, a person of God. Open up your heart. Open up your doors. I, too, grew up with parents like you and your, your wife. My parents opened up their home to foster children. And many, many children who were uh, abandoned, abused, and mistreated lived under our roof. And I think what I learned from that is when is the... Houseful, when are there no more bedrooms? When is the income at its maximum, if you will, in your ability to clothe and dress and to feed? Those are helpful indicators. So if you can manage to take care of maybe 10 children, uh, but you come across two more, you might be able to squeeze two more in, but if you come across five more children, but you can't house them properly. There's not enough bedrooms or beds. Uh, more than one child can sleep in one bedroom. There's not enough income. There's not enough food. Um, or if you begin to realize you can't minister to all of them, you don't have the emotional ability to spend time with all of those children. You don't have the time to do all of their homework or to make sure that you meet the needs of all of those children and you begin to feel taxed and you begin to feel overwhelmed. Um, and perhaps you notice that you develop what we sometimes call compassion fatigue, where our empathy and concern 
diminishes and and we're we're tired and we're weary by the side of the road um, in our workplaces in our caring professions we may begin to feel burnout where we're just kind of exhausted and have so much on our plates and so few resources that we begin to note emotionally and uh, physically uh, we're having symptoms we're perhaps having headaches stomach aches not feeling well feeling overwhelmed feeling curt, irritable, short-tempered, those are good indicators that perhaps I'm full, perhaps I'm full. And maybe one option would be to look for others and to recruit others who can assist rather than feeling as if I have to take in everyone in, in the entire world. It literally is not possible for us to take care of every wounded person that we come across. But we could certainly perhaps have a resource book of other people who are willing to help, other organizations who are willing to help. I remember that when I used to work in a particular clinic, I began to develop resources um, of different churches that would help, of different organizations that would help, because I myself as a lone physician could not fix everything. And so... That's just some suggestions as to what we can can look for. And also, are you caring for yourself? Are you, you know, taking care of your own personal needs? Is your home clean? Are your clothes clean? Are you getting your hair cut? Are you getting your nails cut? Are you getting to the doctor? And I will often say to people who are caring for lots of other people, if you're not taking care of yourself and something were to happen to you, what will then happen to them? So I hope that was helpful. It's very helpful. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sorry that at this point uh, we need to bring this episode to a close. Uh, but uh, before we close, I just want to say for the listeners that Dr. Orton is joining me uh, in a series of video broadcasts that we hope, you know, will be. Uh, Christian broadcasting, where we combine, uh, on the one hand, the uh, preached word of God on my part, but with Dr. Orton, we'll be talking in uh, from the perspective of the, the mind and the spirit. And I want you to keep your eyes open, keep listening to this podcast, because I'll be letting you know when you can see various episodes so again, uh, Dr. Gina Orton, I want to thank you for being with me on this program. And for those who are listening, I'd like to leave us with a prayer. Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, grant us the compassion to reach out in love to those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, the sick, the tired, the left out, the forgotten. And help us, O oh Lord God, to give as you have given unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Because we know that in the end, what we give to others, how we try to rescue others who are in trouble, will come back in a blessing to each of us. In Jesus' name I pray. God bless. God keep you. This is Pastor Nick Hood. And remember, I am praying for you.